0: wants to talk about gratitude. Be happy, be grateful, seize the moment. But what happens when what you're really feeling is grief, like something is missing and may not return at all or in the same way that it was before? I want us to talk about holding space for both grief and gratitude and how doing this can actually help you move forward. So let's talk about grief and gratitude, shall we? new or returning, I am so thankful to have you with me here today. I'm your host, Chasity, mom therapist and coach over on momfullyyou.com. And yes, I'm just thrilled to be talking about how we can use grief to kind of propel us forward um, paired with gratitude. Um, I am also thankful for this Texas heat. Um, I love hot, weather. I love the summer months. I love kind of going outside, feeling the sun. I just love it. I I love the, the summertime. It's my favorite season. Um, but what I don't like, um, especially living in Texas, is that whenever the seasons change, there is like some disrespectful things that happen. Um, when I when I say disrespectful, I'm talking about the dust and the pollen and all of the things that are just kind of moving about in the air. Uh, I'm not thankful for that. Um I've been on the struggle bus with my sinuses. And if you live in Texas or you live in a place that has um, a lot of allergen things floating around the air, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, But this very thing that I'm talking about, grief and gratitude, you see how I don't love the allergy sinus stuff that's happening in the air, but I can also look at what this summer, what this kind of season feels like for me. Today, I'm going to walk us through how we can hold space for both of those things for your particular story. So like many moms, when I was a new mom, I would be talking with either, you know, moms whose kids are out of their home or even recent moms, right? Out of encouragement, they would say things like, enjoy it while it lasts. Um, And you probably heard that too, right? This kind of... um, They don't stay young, very long. And so even those tough seasons, you better soak it all up. You better, you know, make sure that you're being present in that moment. And, you know, sometimes those comments are helpful, right? They are encouraging because it can give us um, a different perspective. It can put put us in a mind frame of, you know, yeah, it's good to be present. And it is, right? But sometimes those comments can be hurtful. They can um, be hurtful because they are invalidating, right? Um... I saw this funny meme a while ago on Instagram. It was kind of of this woman who was underwater and she was holding her hand up. So all you could see was her hand kind of in the air. And it was this thing that's like, help me, you know? Um, But instead of someone coming to help her, you know, they passed along and they just, they patted her hand and gave her a high five and was like, you're such a strong woman, right? So instead of helping her, which is what she needed, They just said, you can do it. Push your way through. Like, I believe that you won't drown. You're strong. You can do this. And that's too accurate, right? I think that this feeling um, of, you know, being in a current state, um, whether that is being sad or frustrated, overwhelmed, and when someone makes those types of comments, like, it'll be fine, so get up, you got this, this is motherhood, whatever it is, you might feel like they are overlooking your experience, You know, and we all want to be valued. We all want to be validated in our experiences, whether those experiences are pleasant or unpleasant. We want someone to be able to see us and see the pain or the joy that we're experiencing and say, it's okay, right? And so when when that doesn't happen, when we're not validated, when we don't feel like our experience is being seen and accepted, right, that can hurt. And that often leads to a bunch of unmet needs, right? So we're hurt And we're not able to get to the bottom of what's happening out of that experience. And then resentment happens, right? And then we're looking at this person like, you did not help me. (laughs) You didn't help me at all. And so, um, yeah, I think that's, kind of something that can come up, but I want to take this concept of, you know, you're strong, you can do it, or this overlooking of an experience that could be validated, um, and apply it to things that you might be grieving in motherhood, right? So when we think about grief, we think about losing a loved one or losing a pet, losing some physical thing, right, that we can see, um, but you can also grieve an experience you know and that experience could be one that actually happened or even experience that you expected to happen but it didn't happen right so maybe you thought motherhood would only add to your life it would only add joy it would only add this abundance it would only add this sense of security within your family and instead in some ways maybe it felt like it's taken away from your life, right? Your relationship has changed. Your friendships have changed. The way you view your job and yourself and your body and all of these different changes that can come up, right? That can feel like loss, right? So you're grieving all of these different things. And so here's how kind of sitting down with that grief can help. Um, maybe you're feeling sad maybe about not having time for um, your your hobbies, right? So fun things that you used to do, you could do them, you know, at the drop of a dime and it was a-okay, right? So I want you to sit down with that. And what I mean by sit down with that is just really process and um, express those emotions, right? Whether that's through journaling, verbal processing, right? So maybe you do that and you start to realize it's not just... The hobby, right? But it's what the hobby was able to do for you. So, for example, maybe there is a particular hobby um, that you were able to do and it calmed your anxiety, you know, or it brought out your talent for singing or it helped you feel um, the thrill of adventure, you know, or kind of this spontaneity thing, just doing something off of the whim, right? Now that you recognize that root, oh, it's the the calming of the anxiety that I actually want to see in my life. You know, that's what I actually miss. I don't I don't want to be anxious, right? So you can speak now to what you miss. And then you can honor it and then you can hold space for it, right? So saying things like I feel like I'm so much more anxious these days because I can't go and do what I usually do to make me feel less anxious. (laughs) I don't like being anxious, right? Because my thoughts get the best of me. And then if my thoughts get the best of me, then my actions soon follow, I'm not able to be in a place of responding to the people that I love in the way that I want to, to respond to myself in the way that I want to. Anxiety is in the driver's seat at this point, right? And so whatever comes up, you know, for you, whenever you feel anxious, maybe you're you're saying that, right? Now that you've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, it's anxiety. That is what is is kind of coming up for me, right? So then gratitude has the opportunity to enter the room. I think gratitude comes after the acknowledgement of feelings. After we acknowledge and validate, right, the feelings that come up for us when we experience grief or we're going through a season that does not feel and or look the way that we want it to, I think the gateway to get to that gratitude that we also desperately want, right, is to acknowledge those unpleasant and uncomfortable feelings. What we know about the brain is that it can't compartmentalize our feelings, maybe in a way that we hope they would, right? So the pleasant and the unpleasant are stored in the same place, That means in order to get to all of those pleasant feelings, we also have to enter the same room that the unpleasant feelings are, right? So once you get to a place where you're able to acknowledge and recognize like, all right, I'm feeling anxious and I'm feeling sad and I'm feeling depressed even because these things are kind of missing from my life, then... And only then, right, can we get to this gratitude. And it's almost like, oh, what a relief. What a relief that I've gotten to the bottom of this, that I've gotten to the root of this. Thank goodness I know what's going on. I'm not the bad person I painted myself out to be in my head for not being happy all the time, right? Or for not being able to um, tune in or be present or be grateful, right? I've heard so many times, you know, clients feel guilty about not having this um, grateful feeling about every aspect of of motherhood. And we talk about that. You're allowed to have both. You are allowed to be um excited about the role as a mom and all of the things that come with it. And you're also allowed to dislike a lot of what comes with that, right? I don't like being woken up at three o'clock in the morning. I despise it. But (laughs) I like being able to care for my children, right? And being able to be a safe place for them. And unfortunately, sometimes being a safe place for them means caring for them when they're sick. I don't like waking up but I do like being a safe place. Does it mean then that, you know, the whole waking up disappears and I just have all light and airy feelings about it? Not exactly. But because I am aware what that is, like what's going on when I experience that discomfort and I'm like frustrated, and, uh, oh, it gets on my nerves, right? Because I've been able to get to the root, it's not because I'm a bad mom, right? Or I'm doing something wrong about this. It's more so, I want my sleep and I'm allowed and I'm okay to want my sleep, right? So finding ways to manage your anxiety, if we go back to the example we were using, is what you can focus on, right? Versus not being able to do a particular um, hobby. But you can do any hobby, right? You can do any hobby that you want to do. Um, maybe you want to do a particular hobby, but you know, you don't have the time or the capacity to do it in this season. Um But the root you can see that the root of what that hobby provides for you is being able to decrease your anxiety, right? Which then makes you feel more like yourself and more at your normal kind of baseline. So it's like, yes, I want that hobby, but there's other things that I can do to kind of get me to this root. And that is to manage my anxiety or my depression or whatever the fill in the blank is, right? So in the Detach Anxiety from Your Identity course, I talk about how you can look at anxiety in a way that gives you understanding. Oftentimes we judge what we don't understand. And so if you are, you know, experiencing something and it continuously happens and pops up for you and you really don't understand why it's showing up. If you don't understand why, you can acknowledge why, right? Then you also don't know how to plan to fix it or to address it, right? And if you don't have a plan, it's gonna keep coming up. And if it keeps coming up, you might judge yourself. Oh, I'm just this, I'm just that, right? So being able to understand and then cope with is what I teach in that course that is now exclusively in Value Academy. And Really, managing your emotions is a huge part of your identity, right? So how you are able to manage your day-to-day life, you're going to experience an emotion every day. (laughs) Without fail, every day you're going to experience an emotion. So being able to manage it in a way that's helpful for you is so, so important for your identity. So that can kind of get you to this place. So we've walked through, right, All right, I'm feeling grief. I'm not gonna overstep it. I'm not gonna give it a high five and say, you've got it, you're so strong. I'm gonna sit with it and sit with it by kind of asking myself, okay, when did I start feeling this way? Where is this coming from? Oh, I'm sad about this, right? And I'm sad and I'm anxious about this. Now I just need a plan to help me with the anxiety, right? Now I just need a plan to help me with that hobby that I'm missing or whatever could be that fill in the blank. And then that leads you to this sense of, of gratitude, man, I'm thankful that I stopped to look at grief. I'm thankful that I stopped to have that conversation because otherwise I would not have the awareness that I have right now. And then that can move you forward, right? Because you have then that baseline to go on from there. Instead of being stuck in that cycle of not really knowing what's going on, so you repeat things and then that makes you frustrated and then you don't know what's going on, so you repeat the things, you know? And so I don't want you to be stuck in that, that trap and I'm sure you don't either, but I really want you to take what I'm talking about today and learn how to apply this to your life. How can you hold space for grief and gratitude? I don't like this, but I'm also grateful that I have the opportunity to do this. And remembering that the gateway to gratitude is grief, okay? So don't shy away from your honesty when you're thinking about this. I encourage you to write things down, take notes from the podcast today, and see what comes up for you. You are allowed to hold space for grief. In the show notes, you'll find everything I mentioned today, as well as the link for the free masterclass, Three Steps to Recreate Your Identity After Children. Um, And then also, if you want further support, especially with the Detached Anxiety from Your Identity course that is within You Academy, you have the link for that as well. And if nothing else, I hope that you don't high five your grief, but you sit with it instead so that it could lead you to gratitude.